More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Third hour of Plan Buck kicks off right now, everybody. And New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, has some problems on his hands. Uh, the biggest city in America is seeing crime rates that are so high, particularly along the lines of uh, day-to-day and quality-of-life crime, shoplifting and vagrancy and all these issues, um, that people are wondering what he's going to do if anything, to try to turn things around. I've got some updates for you on that. And then also uh, we have the migrant crisis, which we'll dive into a bit more. I, I keep wondering why it's, sure, it's a crisis if you care about sovereignty, our border, immigration law. Why is it a crisis for New York City? You know, Notice the Democrats never seem to want to answer this because we're always told that illegal immigration only has upside for the country we we need these workers right that's what the left will always say and we're a nation of illegal immigrants and all the rest of it so we'll we'll get into some of this but i, I wanted to start with uh uh this this uh crackdown on shoplifting plan for nyc that was put out by the mayor i think this is just a couple of days ago uh because everyone now is looking at what's happening whether it is Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, you know, find me a Washington, D.C., Baltimore. Find me a major Democrat controlled city and I'll show you a place where things have gotten worse with quality of life and crime is uh, over the last three years on the rise. Why? I should always know. What is it about the last three years? What changed? We all know uh, BLM 2.0. And the narrative shift and the political shift of Democrats toward legalizing the illegal and no longer punishing criminals and thinking that criminals are a victim class themselves to be apologized to by the state. The criminal is not the problem. The problem is the state's failure, our failure, yours and mine in giving the criminal what he needs or she needs. It's overwhelmingly he, but. 
in order to be happy so they won't go carjacking for the 15th time, right? It's, it's our fault. That's what we're told. Well, let's just, let's look at the, the shoplifting plan that New York City's put out. Last week I told you, do you remember the number, Clay? Was it almost 700 million or almost 800 million lost in fair jumping, turnstile jumping and, uh, and on the bus? Almost, almost 700 million, almost I believe million. that you said. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Almost, which is, it's a lot of money for a city. $700 million. You'd think that's a pretty big deal. Uh, people just not paying, and it's a violation of law. So here's the crackdown on shoplifting. Shoplifting now, I think Target alone said they lost $500 million nationwide to shoplifting last year. That's correct. $500 million. One company. Think about that for a moment. I mean, I, you know, I have to wonder, what What for a second are the... Uh, what are gross... Sales, Clay. I'm looking this up of Target stores nationwide because when you're starting to look, I mean, I know it's in the billions. Um, oh wow, wow, total revenue 109 billion dollars. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot more than I thought. I was, I was going to say like 50 billion or something. Anyway, that's a lot of money Target's making. Something but else. The profit, to be fair, Buck, the profit margin in retail is often Small. minuscule. Yeah. So when you're important. talking about five hundred million dollars in theft, as Target has put out, uh, this is and 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 it's also worth noting that this is large scale theft that's different than just you know your this average isn't person a pack going of gum. in and stealing yeah. a can- yeah candy bar or something. We're talking about like sort of orders of magnitude professional thievery that is taking a huge portion of their profits. They call it organized retail theft now. That's the the term that law enforcement uses for this. It's happening in New York City all the time. I I've been in stores in New York where people have been stealing stuff and the clerks just sit there and you know it's demeaning for the clerks, it's demeaning for the other people in the store. It's uh it's unsettling cuz you're also you're watching someone break the law. You, you understand that if someone does confront this person, there could be a physical confrontation. And, you know, it's just the whole thing as you're watching a crime take place. Um, so here's how Mayor Adams is going to deal with the ma- everyone agrees it's now a massive problem for years. They lied. Oh, it's just covid. Remember when the crime win was was covid, Clay? Yes. Everyone's staying at home watching Netflix. Crime is going up, though. It's because of COVID. It never made, but they were lying. They were just, they're buying time for Biden in the election year. That was the whole point. Okay. Here's the plan. Give first time offenders intervention programs instead of prosecution. De-escalation training for retail employees. Establish neighborhood watch groups and install kiosks in stores to connect would be thieves with social services programs. The mayor of New York City saying, let's take fewer juveniles uh, into the justice system where they will face any consequences whatsoever. Uh, let's have retail employees learn to do even less than they're doing. And we're going to spend more money on public services that won't do a damn thing to change any of this. That's the plan to deal with shoplifting. Wow. I wonder why it doesn't get any better. And, Buck, this has real tangible impact because I got some numbers here on population that was in the Wall Street Journal editorial. I read this and I was like, I couldn't believe it. We know that a lot of people move because of COVID, but now quality of life, I think, has also become, become a major factor. Did you see these numbers? 
according to the latest census data, New York City lost 468,000 people between April of 2020 and July of 2022. That's 5.3% of its population. And it's not just New York City. That's more people, Buck, than live in the entire city of Miami. That many people left New York City. That This is according to the Wall Street Journal. Other big city losers, Chicago lost 81,000 people, L.A. lost 76,000, and San Francisco lost 65,000. And Buck, that population for San Francisco, 7.5% of the overall population of San Francisco left in the last two years. Think, think about that. And, and Buck, it's not just the people that are leaving. That's right. I would it's, bet if you dove into the data, it's the wealthiest, it's the highest educated, it's the people with the most opportunity to go elsewhere. So it's even more debilitating to those cities than just the raw numbers. April of 2023 versus April of 2022, the state of New York was down 40% in revenue. So you may only lose... of your population, but look at just basic income tax data. Yep. 1% of earners nationwide, and this is true in the cities as well, are paying, oh gosh, wait, hold on. I I, want to get this number right. Uh, It's an extraordinary number. It's incredibly high amount. I think it's over 20%. You look that up because I'll give you this part. Less than over half of people, we just had tax day last month, over half of Americans don't pay a single dollar in federal income tax. Because you, you that, that's a staggering number, I think, to a lot of you out there listening. Again, let me repeat that. Over half of Americans do not pay a single dollar in federal income tax. I, I, I keep getting this. I, I underestimate how crazy it is. The top 1% of earners are paying over 40% of the income taxes getting closer and closer now unbelievable to 50 percent so if you lose the five percent that you're talking about in new york city and of that five percent you have a lot of people who are in the one percent in terms of earnings your city's financial structure is destroyed and i think that's what some i think san francisco is heading for this I think New York City is heading for this. I think there'll be, I think Chicago is heading for this. And the answer that the left has, the answer these left wing Democrat community activist lunatic party, the answer they have for you is more public services and raise taxes. Yeah. The the exact, this is staring at a house fire and saying, let's throw some Molotov cocktails in there. No, you're right. And this is where I come back to one of the stories I keep telling is the virtuous circle. I use Google as an example. Every Google search makes the Google machine better. All of these cities, I saw these numbers over the weekend, Buck, and my jaw dropped. 7.5% of San Francisco's population left. 5% of New York City. And that stat you gave, I bet in conjunction with the one I gave, has staggered a lot of people. Over half of Americans don't pay a dollar in federal income tax. And you just said, Buck, the top 1% pays 40% of all federal income taxes. That is unbelievable. And what is also happening now is if you're super wealthy, why in the world, if your city is deteriorating and if your quality of life is collapsing in Chicago or New York City or San Francisco or L.A., why would you pay 
15% sometimes of your income for the privilege of being able to live there to the state and local government. You would say, look, if you're making, think about this, some of these big private equity guys, they make $10 million a year, right? You make $10 million a year. You can put an extra $1.3 million in your pocket by living in Texas, by living in Tennessee, by living in Florida. I think Nevada has no state income tax. Why would you ever live in a state that's taking that much money of your hard-earned cash when, frankly, you can live in a better-run state with people in government that you trust more? This is this is a light bulb moment COVID was, I think, Buck. And I don't think this is going to change. I think these big cities are going to keep losing the highest earners. And they're going to be moving to these red states, and they're going to be funding their growth. Think, think about it this way. Um, Democrats outnumber Republicans. I mean, New York City went almost 90%, roughly we'll say 90% for Biden in the last election. It's eight to one Democrat to Republican pretty consistently. San Francisco, even more than that. D.C. is getting close to 10 to one. Now, D.C. is a little different because of the federal, you know, federal status of it. But you look at these other cities, they have these icebergs of lunacy are going to take a really long time to melt because they're one party states now. So you're not even going to get the chance to see a Republican coming into these places and saying, we're going to clean things up. We're going to punish people who refuse to allow us to live in an orderly and safe society. We're going to clean up the streets. We're going to cut back the massive welfare programs. We're going to cut back on all the special status and special money given to illegal immigrants in these places. We're going to change the way we do business here. And the problem that I see is before you get to that, these cities are going to be hollowed out. I mean, they're, they're going to lose more and more people. This trend is not going to stop. So this is why I've been saying, um, I, I think that one, one part of this that I underestimated was how much pain from bad policies Democrats who control the politics in these cities are, are willing to live there. Look at the, look at the uh, situation right now with, um, you know, with, uh, Jordan, uh, the, the Jordan Neely and, uh, Daniel Penny, right? Daniel Penny's facing 15 years for manslaughter charges. A city that takes someone like Daniel Penny and says that we're going to lock you up possibly for anywhere from three to 15 years for doing something that eyewitnesses say felt like it was heroic at the time. Um, that's not a place where a lot of people are going to want to say, I want to raise a family and I want, but AOC and the rest of the Democrat left lunatics, they think it's great. They're all about it. So make your decisions about this, folks. You see what's going on. Believe the left when they tell you, when they show you what they're all about and what they plan to do. And, you know, when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty, who's there for them or the families left behind? Who's helping our homeless veterans and our nation to never forget 9-11? The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundation's in-the-line-of-duty programs are comprised of its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Veteran Homelessness programs, all of which are dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. There are over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year and dozens of golf outings and barbecues. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. 
More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel the Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Make an appointment with the truth. Tune in every day to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We mentioned and discussed a lot in the first hour and on beyond that. Tim Scott has officially announced his candidacy for the Republican nomination in the 2024 election. He did it earlier today, uh, and we had a discussion. I think it's a fascinating one about identity politics. How does it end? What is the impact, potentially, of a black candidate in the Republican race for president in terms of appealing potentially to more black voters certainly we know the data even though it got hardly any media attention reflects that despite the fact that trump was called racist more than i bet any president in the history of america combined during his four years of the presidency i bet that's true nobody's ever been called racist more than trump trump actually increased in 2020 his hispanic his asian and his black support based on the data compared to 2016. Again, Trump lost in 2020 because of 
especially women, white women in particular, uh, but college-educated suburban white voters in general turned against Trump. Well, Biden, remember, has a history of making super racist comments going back 40-some-odd years, such as when he called uh, inner-city schools jungles and that he didn't want white kids to go there, uh, which was something that he was attacked by Kamala Harris for saying back in the 1970s. He also... Remember Buck said that Barack Obama was the first clean and articulate black candidate, uh, which is so cringeworthy, uncomfortable. But he was even more explicit than that. You pointed this out earlier, and I wanted to make sure we played it before the show was done. In an interview with Charlemagne the God, who is a uh, high heart employee, uh, Biden said, hey, if you're black and you're voting for Trump, you're not really black. He actually said that. Listen. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. Cause it's I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. That's it. I mean, right. that is like, I mean, the fact that Biden can get away with saying that. He also said at one point that Trump would put black people back in chains, if I remember correctly. I mean, all of this is absolutely insane racial divisiveness was he saying about did he say that about romney or was it trump i can't remember now oh you might be right it might have been about romney not about trump um they might have said it about it was it was just as bad it doesn't matter who he said it about i just was trying to try to remember equally untrue i don't believe romney or trump were going to bring back slavery just tossing it out there i don't i do i think that i think romney is an important reminder uh though of what everyone can expect which is that Whoever the Republican nominee is, is a racist monster who will yes. turn women into the, uh, the, uh, for what's the thing? The handmaid's tale. And, you know, yes. who, whoever the Republican nominee is, is an absolutely awful human. Notice we don't sit here and talk about like, oh, like Joe Biden. I think his policies are horrible. I think he's an imbecile. I think he has dementia, but you know, I don't compare Other him to Hitler. That. Yeah. I don't compare <laughs> him to Hitler though. Well, that's why I always say it's funny. Like once you've decided that Trump is Hitler. How do you make somebody else worse? That becomes really difficult to do. Small business owners have benefited from smart teams of lawyers and accountants working in innovation refunds. A company behind the website we talk about here nearly every day, GetRefunds.com. GetRefunds.com, business of helping small business owners file for a refund from the IRS. It's the ERC. If you're a small business made it through COVID, you could be in line to receive up to $26,000 per employee. They have completed over 17,000 returns for businesses in construction, retail, restaurant, bar, hotel. Over $5 billion in refunds already. It doesn't cost you anything they share with you. Takes you as little as 10 minutes. Go to GetRefunds.com to start. No upfront charges. They don't get paid until you get paid. GetRefunds.com. GetRefunds.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. The border crisis continues as we remember Title 42 expired and the numbers the numbers were already very high for illegal crossings and they continue to be very high. Um, and I, I think that uh, what's showing the realities of the illegal immigrant uh, wave into this country more than anything else right now is how it's being handled in Big blue Democrat cities, New York and Chicago come to mind. In Chicago, they haven't gotten nearly as many. New York, the number is over 40,000 now. Uh, but in Chicago, the migrants that they have, they're trying to figure out where they can put them. I think they've even started to try to find space in some police stations and, um, they're trying to find temporary housing. 
in Manhattan, it has gotten to a point, or I should say New York City, it has gotten to a point where the mayor, Eric Adams, has thought about housing these migrants in school gymnasiums, which a lot of very generally reliable Biden and Democrat voters were like, hold on a second, you can't. You can't do that in my kid's school. Well, why? If the gym's not being used uh, or if it, they, what's the, what's the problem? Um, that's what I would want to ask those individuals. Uh, but this problem continues to get worse in, in New York for budgetary reasons. And it is showing in a way that I think really lands with people what the challenges are of just having unrestricted illegal immigration into the country. It is a massive resource drain. And at a time when a lot of Americans are struggling in a whole range of ways and inflation continues to be high and we have a lot of needs out there for the people, for our people, the American people, I think it's fair to ask what the heck is going on here. Well, back in New York, though, Eric Adams is actually saying that, first of all, he refers to our newest Americans. He's referring to them as Americans already. And he says that they should be able to work. Play nine. We have one message. Let them work that is our clear message that we're sending we must expedite work authorization for asylum seekers not in the future but now so we're calling on the white house the united states department of homeland security to ensure our newest americans can work lawfully and build stable lives for themselves in our countries can, can i just the, the, he's talking about people who entered the country illegally, Clay, who have papers just that show they're foreign nationals, but they've been here for a couple of days, and they're Americans. This is remarkable. I mean, when you really think about what the implications are, forget about assimilation, forget about our legal process, forget about everything. You you came here illegally, you're now an American. That's how he speaks about it. The On the other side of the equation, Ron DeSantis down in Florida, you know, he just signed in this law for the state of Florida, mandatory e-verify for businesses with 25 or more employees not as much exploitation of the illegal immigrant labor pool going on down in florida yeah and the the reality is this just is a disaster already that becomes more disastrous as we go forward because he's calling them americans they're not going to leave and it doesn't surprise you that they would refuse to leave. There was a story uh, over the weekend, I think, in the Sunday New York Times, talking about the fact that Brazil is now giving many people asylum. So the new route to the United States is running through Brazil. People are flying, and in particular, this article focused on Afghan uh, people. They're flying to Brazil, Buck, and they are walking all the way and you know traveling buses and everything else but traveling thousands of miles many of them all the way from brazil up through i believe it's called the darien pass which used to be considered basically impossible to go through for much of immigration history this little part of uh, uh this area it's very much a jungle basically only 10,000 people, they said, went through this Darien Pass area. In for Panama, the Darien Gap, yeah. Darien Gap, yes. Uh, only like 10,000 people went through there in early parts of the 21st century. Now, this past year, I believe the number was 400,000. So the way that people are able to reach the southern border 
is and and it's it's not just we focus a lot on the idea of it's oh it's people from Mexico or whatever else. No, no. It's people from around the world it's, now that are coming across our southern border and they're overwhelmingly doing it by just landing in a Latin American country and making their way north. Yeah, over 170 countries I think now have been represented in the illegals who have crossed into America and and I think everyone needs to be reminded that they're exploiting the asylum program. So what they're doing is they are saying, hey, if I go back to any of 160 countries, okay, if I go back to any of 160 countries, I will be subject to persecution, violence, and even possibly being executed. So a program that we have so that when the Khmer Rouge are you know, murdering millions of people, and some people are able to get here to America to freedom and to safety. The program that we have so that, you know, if there's the rise of, uh, you know, something akin to a Nazism again, and people have a place they need to, to escape violence, genocide, and that level of persecution. You got people who are showing up here from Pakistan who are like, I just want to be in America. It's a better jobs market, but they're pretending to be asylum seekers. What? The, the the fact that this never gets talked about, I, I think, is is a big problem. This is this is immoral. I mean, they're exploiting. This would be like people who do, think about it this way: if people were showing up at a soup kitchen, and they were saying, "I really need, I, I'm really down on my luck. I really need food," and you found out, no, they're actually saving up for a really you know really expensive car and they realize that the food from the soup kitchen means you know they're cutting their expenses five hundred dollars a month and they want that expensive car wouldn't you feel abused wouldn't you feel used that is what these people are doing they're pretending to be something they are not and they're exploiting the goodwill of the american people to do so and they're getting court dates years from now and what's going to happen in the it's not not uh falsehood years from now they're being told hey you need to show up in an immigration court in yeah. 2025 and they're never in, even going to show clay we, they're never even going to show not only that buck many of them are going to have kids and their kids are going to be american citizens and the so meantime, then what happens they, they show then you up can't if, kick them out then they maybe do show up to the immigration court say hey my my american citizen child is here you can't break up families we all see how this how this scam is running look if Democrats were being honest, they should just tell the electorate, we don't think we should have immigration laws. It's a free-for-all. But then a lot of people would say, if we don't have immigration laws, why why should we have extraterritorial ta- uh, taxation? Like, why should, why should I feel like I should be compelled to pay for the taxes for this country if somebody can come here without any law, in violation of our law, and be an American, according to Eric Adams. You're, the, the people that have arrived here that just came from, whether it's Thailand or Honduras or Pakistan or the Cote d'Ivoire or wherever, all over the world, they're just as American as everybody listening to this, except they are legally and culturally and in every sense not. And what I loved about this story, and it's a fascinating story. I would encourage people to read it. It's in the New York Times, is Buck. It specifically says, to your point on asylum, these Afghani refugees are not in danger once they land in Brazil and once they make their way north. They just can't make as much money in those countries this as is, they could here. This is a this is why when I tell you it is a scam. We the American people are being scammed. It is a fraud. If you are a refugee, okay, if you are hopping off the boat 
because you don't want to go back to the Soviet Union, because if you do, you're going to be tortured and executed, and this is your last chance. You know, you don't land in New Jersey and say, oh, man, I, I really, I was hoping for Montreal. So, you know, you just take what you take where you're yep. safe, and that is longstanding refugee. It's a matter of law, actually, in America. We just forget about it. None of these people who are applying for asylum, if you apply the actual statutes of immigration, when I say none, someone say, oh, okay, less than 1% of them are coming into this country in a way where if you really looked at the letter of the law, they would qualify for real asylum in this country. Because if they were in Mexico before they were here, or to your point, Clay, even Brazil, and they didn't apply for asylum there first, they are ineligible for asylum in America. Does the Biden administration care? No. Does Eric Adams care? No. And for anyone saying, oh, well, these blue cities, they're just going to collapse under their own bad policies. Nuh-uh. You live in Texas. You live in Montana. You live in name a state. Your federal taxes are going to go to the bailout of New York and Chicago and L.A. and, you know, you name it. That's the way this is going. That's their plan. They have a plan which is why they're already lobbying the Biden administration for more federal funds. So we see where this is all heading. The question is, do we have the will as a country to do something about it? You know, with inflation on the rise and the stock market more volatile than ever, protecting your retirement accounts can be a real challenge. To weather today's economic uncertainty, Phoenix Capital Group recommends diversifying your investments right now. Look, I can tell you, I've done this. I'm a Phoenix Capital Group customer. I've put money with them. They recommend high-value U.S. oil and gas investments with current yields that range from 8% to 12% APY paid monthly. That's a better rate of return than banks or CDs with no middlemen. There are both Regulation A-plus and Regulation D corporate bond offerings with different maturities, qualifications, and rates. There's also a 9% APY starting at a $5,000 investment open to all investors. Download the Phoenix Capital Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 8 to 12% APY. Download the Phoenix Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. That's phxonair.com. Get to know the guys outside the issues. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck, a new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media Spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality podcast. podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. culture. And a little bit of 
Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. It, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Closing up shop for the Monday edition of the program. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Going to take some of your calls to close out. Um, thought that a couple of things were interesting, Buck. Uh, there was in California, it's amazing how often this happens, a boy in a 1,600-meter race came in second in the girls' track competition knocked the girl who came in fourth out of a trip to the state championship. For anyone out there who has ever played high school athletics, advancing to a state championship in any state is one of the biggest goals that you can have in athletics in general, certainly for anyone who is under the age of 18. It just keeps happening. It's not going to stop a reminder that not one elected Democrat in the House or the Senate voted to ensure that only girls play in girls' athletics, uh, which is pretty wild to think about. Um, let's go to some of these calls, Buck. I mean, but they keep saying, oh, this isn't a big story. This doesn't matter. There are an awful lot of girls that I'm seeing all over the country that are not able to actually get up on the winner's stand and advance like they should be because a dude is deciding to be a woman instead. Uh, Jared from St. George, Utah. We were talking about all the different people that are leaving big cities for red states and red communities. You're one of them. Yeah, my family's one of them, and, and we moved during the height of COVID. And, you know, the thing is, this it wasn't about COVID. COVID is not what made us move. What made us move is this is a cultural thing, guys. This is a cultural thing and a political thing, and we couldn't take the, the blue state politics anymore. We up and moved to a red state. Best thing ever. We should have done it 10 years ago. But you I moved to Washington to now, Utah. Can... It's been great for your family? Absolutely. Washington to Utah. We had to leave Washington because of the politics. COVID just made it possible. And and I look at my neighborhood now. we got people from Washington and California and New York and all over the place. And the cool thing about it is they're not bringing the blue state politics with them. They're yep. leaving the blue state politics in the blue states, and they're happy to live in the red states where, quite frankly, we're more free. That's that's what it's all about. You know, I, I hear this. Thanks so much for calling in, Jared, and I'm so glad the decisions worked out really well for you. Um, and, and I would just uh, I would add to all this, Clay, that people that I know, for example, who are 
uh, who have moved from California and and uh, New York to red states in particular. And when I talk to them about this, one thing I often hear is I didn't want to be feeding the communist machine anymore. Yeah, because by paying into the state income tax, and look, I know it's people. I've got my family is still in New York City, and I, I'm totally. I understand people own homes, they got mortgages, they got jobs they got to do, they got kids in school. I'm not saying, you know, oh my gosh, but for people for whom the decision is is open, you know, do you want your tech do you want your tax dollars going to uh to Washington DC or to Texas? You know, do you want your tax dollars going to Washington state or to Tennessee? So these are some of the ways I think that people view it. One thing he mentioned there, Buck, is something I hear from the red state residents already, because I'm born and raised state of Tennessee. The fear that the people moving in are like locusts. They've already destroyed uh, the place that they were, and they're going to go somewhere new and then destroy it too. I'm actually seeing the opposite, right? Yeah. I'm seeing people moving to red states who are even redder than the people who, uh, so, who they are moving to join. Texas suffered from some of this where you had Governor Abbott was making it uh, and, and, and probably even preceding Abbott. I mean, I, I'd have to go back. People know this these stories better than me who live there. Um, but Texas was very encouraging of a lot of big companies from California to set up. And so you started doing the, the, the corporatism that the Texas uh, government, Texas state government, was engaged in. Seems like a great idea. Oh, more jobs. Well, if it's more jobs and they're moving in and around Austin, let's say, or Dallas, and they've got far-left politics, that actually can have some unintended consequences for Yes. Whereas what we see happening now is just people are choosing of their own volition to go to places that align more with their uh, politics. Um, let's see, we have uh, Margie from Jeffersonville, Indiana. What's going on, Margie? Well, I am in total shock what Mayor Adams just said, the new Americans. I've been here almost half a century. I am a legal alien. I still have my green card. Every time I wanted to become a citizen, you know, then things change. Couldn't do it during the uh, uh, Trump era because I didn't have the funds, really. So, but I, I, I loved this this country. The last two years, I've been hating it, and I keep on telling my husband because of all these changes that are being made, and we feel so uncomfortable now. Both of our, both my husband and I, are from uh, different countries. I really don't feel safe anymore. Thank you for the call. Buck, we talk about all the time. Probably the most important thing your city and state government can do, certainly your federal government as well, protect its citizens, right? Yep. And overwhelmingly, as crime rates are soaring, people are deciding to abandon blue-run states and blue-run cities. Oh, maybe tomorrow. I meant to get to it today. Homeowner in Memphis sees his car being stolen from right in front of his right in his driveway. He confronts the uh, would-be robber. Robber opens fire on him. He returns fire play in Memphis. And the Soros-backed DA charges him for returning fire with reckless endangerment. Crazy. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts 
of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 